Hey, before we start, just let you know that James's audio drops halfway through this episode uh, because his Wi-Fi goes and he wasn't able to get it back. So enjoy him while he lasts. So it's a new day in the workroom and we're back into it. We're trucking along with season 14. We're, we're getting into the new queens. We're getting to know who's going on. But over here in the workroom, we're going to take some time to look into one of Rue's other hobbies. And not the acting again, because after the after the last time we did that, I don't think I can watch another RuPaul movie. <laughs> yes, uh, RuPaul's latest album, Mama Ru, is soundtracking the runway in season 14. So we said, let's have a listen and see, is there more substance to this than we might have thought? And, you know, we just rabbit on about drag all the time. So we said, let's get a proper music journalist in. So that we have Andrea Cleary. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I would just like to apologize to all your listeners that I just don't, I don't know anything about (laughs) drag. I really don't. So I'm very much here with my music hat on with a lot of questions for you guys about this world. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my like very short history with RuPaul's Drag Race. Which is that all of a sudden, overnight, like all of my friends were watching it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like people were saying like sachet and stuff. And I was like, (laughs) what is going on? What's happening here? And like, it's not, I'm not, I don't, I don't move in like, you know, very straight circles or anything. But like, it was very, very sudden. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get in on this. But now what I've been told is this was the mistake I, I made was I went back to season one. Um, which oh, apparently that is, you're not that supposed will catch to you do. Out. No, no. So I watched no. like three episodes of it, and I was like, "This is kind of mean. This kind of feels... I don't know. I just didn't really like the vibe." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if this is for me at all." So I kind of gave up and was like, "Okay, it's just it's just not for me. I'll just look at like queens on YouTube who aren't involved with RuPaul at all." Um, and that served me well. But everyone says that I should actually start <laughs> at like season five. Is that right? Yeah, it's okay. four, five, six. They're all good. <laughs> Usual introduction is four, five, six. But I think it actually has worked out as a great benefit to us because RuPaul has been churning out this um, this music for years now. And we're also Stockholm syndromed by the mm. show that I don't think we have the ability to really understand like what is good, what is bad, what is music <laughs> anymore? Like what is a song if it doesn't contain a catchphrase? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be hard pressed to find a song here that doesn't contain a catchphrase, yeah. certainly. Yeah. And the music that I usually review, usually kind of like indie guitar music and hip hop, way fewer catchphrases. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a yeah. lot. This is a lot for me. <laughs> so before we get into Mamaru RuPaul's 14 album, I was thinking, James, when you were thinking about RuPaul, who makes this album, what pronouns were you using? Because I found myself using he, him pronouns because I'm just picturing him out of drag. And I'm interested to know, did you have the same experience? Yes, I did, actually. I tend to look at RuPaul, like, even in... Like, only the only time I use she, her pronouns for RuPaul is when RuPaul is sitting at the judging table for whatever reason. I don't really know what that is. And even, like, in the music videos of the past and the, the, the past years, I, I don't know. I think that I was thinking of it in terms of he him pronouns as well yeah interesting right because it's like i see when Ruse and drag it it you know he doesn't tend to talk about music too much it's more like in the workroom when he's out of drag is when he gets all excited about pop music so that's the rue that i was associating with this album which i think is interesting uh 
what were you expecting, Andrea, before you, you clicked play on this? Um, I mean, I've no idea, really. I, I wasn't expecting what I got. I think I was, <laughs> honestly, I think I was expecting something worse. Okay. I was. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting, like, because 14 albums, right? 14 albums. That's a lot. And I only really knew, like, one um, yeah. which was the one with um, thingy on it. <laughs> I'm really coming in here knowing nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's Supermodel, yeah. right? I'd, I'd, I'd listened to that album at some point in my life and I really love Supermodel. I, I re-listened to it. I rewatched the video today and just found myself like watching it over and over again. Like I just, I really think that like that, that song and that video, like it probably does get a lot of cred within the RuPaul world, but in just the kind of music world, I don't know if it does. Um, So I think I was going in expecting to hear something maybe a bit dated. And I think I somewhat, I I did in some ways. And in other ways, I was hearing what would be kind of quite current sounding music. So, yeah, it was a bit of a funny yeah, one. Yeah, RuPaul is not afraid of hammering home their own songs in the show. But one song that I don't think has ever been played, or maybe just once or twice, is Supermodel because they don't own the rights to it. So it's actually not played in the show hardly at all. And it's kind of like for new RuPaul fans, it's kind of maybe been left behind, which I think is interesting. That's so interesting. because who, who, What happened with the rights? I think it's still owned by Tommy Boy, the original record company. Oh. Mm-hmm. He should do a Taylor Swift style re-record. That's it, yeah. Super Paul. One hundred percent. Super Paul version. No, RuPaul version. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. RuPaul version. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was looking into kind of this album, and it it seems uh, it's written by mostly like co-written RuPaul and Fre- Frederick Manano, and then additional production from Skeletal Kai or Key, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. who both seem to be long-term collaborators um, with RuPaul, but I can't see what else they've kind of done. So it seems to be just kind of this little, this little group kind of working together. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. So can, can I ask you guys as like drag race fans do you like seek out rupaul's music is rupaul's music like a big part of being a fan of rupaul's drag race or is it completely separate no okay so rupaul's been very canny at sort of knowing that the drag race has become a great vehicle to sell products and to sell and one of the easiest things to sell is the music and so there's been a couple of eras in the show and I like 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 anything else in the show the show itself has kind of developed over the years and like there was the early day eras where I feel like the music that was being put into that was more sort of was more the sort of music RuPaul would want to make it had more disco influences it had more throwback to the kind of time the 80s when when Ru would have been kind of you know in their own stride and more recently it's very much been copycat of what it is that he sees sort of other people doing well and this like it's very this is very sort of you know Kim Petras and Sophie and stolen directly from what like young queer artists are making right now and I think that in a way, that's why I think it feels so detached because it like it doesn't feel like it could authentically be RuPaul. And those collaborators that you mentioned, they I think first worked at RuPaul on a song called Call Me Mother, which was probably 
like one of the top two or three tracks that Ruse had uh, over the course of like as in Supermodel obviously is like you know mainstream success there's maybe one or two others that would have like moderate crossover level and Call Me Mother would be one of the very successful ones within the drag race world if you think that would be fair enough Keen? yeah I think so too and, and to I guess to answer your question I normally like I, I wouldn't have listened to this album if we weren't reviewing it like you know uh, Catwalk is yeah. is the <laughs> runway song for this season, so we'll hear it through that. And I did hear just uh, what they want that that track as well in the background for another one. Mm. But I wouldn't have listened to the rest of it. But isn't that, that so, yeah, so interesting, separate. right? Because you're you're in the drag race sphere, right? And I'm in the music sphere. None of us would have listened to this album unless we were chatting about it today. So, like when I was listening to it, I was thinking like. Who is this for? Because it doesn't really get like, I I saw w- one kind of official review of the album, I think by from from NPR, which absolutely slated it. Like was really really going in, um, <laughs> called called it like the the last nail in the coffin of like hyperpop or something like that. I was like shit, <laughs> and um, and then I read this uh, a. N- another review on a kind of a forum where it was really difficult to tell like who in the forum liked the album or didn't like the album because it seemed to be like there were people commenting being like just coming here to hate on Rue so I'm like I don't know actually who who this music is for and it's really interesting to me that RuPaul would decide that music is a big vehicle for kind of like crossover um in, in terms of like monetary gains because it's actually really really difficult to make money from music even at like huge huge streaming levels it's quite difficult to make money from music unless people are buying physical copies and like this is a streaming album if I've ever heard it you know this is a like you pick you pick a couple of songs from it you put it on your like your hyper pop playlist or you're getting ready to go out playlist but beyond that like who is going into tarot records and buying the lp of this like no no I'd one is doing that like if it was in tarot records <laughs> i'd love to be tarot records <laughs> and to be oh flicking through Oreos. adele and taylor swift vinyl <laughs> like, sitting there limited yeah, edition yeah signed like <laughs> i want that real sonic experience you know hope it's on pink vinyl as well i don't want any of that black shine it yeah. would be it completely would be yeah or like it, it it ends up going for like 150 quid on discogs in five years time or something because yeah, they absolutely. only pressed 100 copies of it like, <laughs> like frank ocean's blonde or something yeah. <laughs> I, like the what you're saying there is very true and it was one of my questions in that Rue is, is kind of a singular artist in a way based on they make music because they love music but it's not what they're known for necessarily like they fund their music via their other um ventures someone like ksi the youtuber even now like selena gomez kind of funds her music through all her acting work or someone like hugh laurie or whatever you know it's kind of like a passion project for them and he's such a he's such a pop scholar that he's like i can imagine he enjoys putting this together and he's kind of doing it for him and he's like great i'll see how much i can get out of it because i'm making the show anyway do you know yeah i definitely got the impression of this being like a passion project like you know, Rue Rue is down in the shed tinkering away at that old car and everyone's just like, leave them at it, you know. But I mean, I also <laughs> was listening through it and thinking like, this is a 61 year old. Like I, I didn't, I, I Googled like RuPaul age and I was like, excuse me? 
so it's it's kind of like to to have such a prolific kind of career in in music like 14 albums and to decide to kind of do your 14th album and do it as this kind of big hyper pop like very much what's in vogue right now it does make sense to me I don't know if it was the best decision um in terms of like the question I kept asking myself is what is RuPaul trying to do with this record and I kind of kept coming up short in terms of like what is the message what is it trying to like progress as an idea there's a lot about drag on this but a lot I I don't know if you guys found this but a lot of the drag references are stuff that like or drag and, and like queer culture references are stuff that like straight people already know does that make sense it's it's kind of like this like sanitized there's a lot of like I, I picked out a few like l- lyrics but there's a lot of like you know serving looks and tea and I, I don't know it's it's it, it just kind of feel like dragging you better work and I'm like that's come on you know it's 2022 are we still telling people they better work like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think it's a bit though the, the snake kind of eating itself in a way because Rue like part of, like probably the main reason why Rue had to produce this album is because the other albums have been flogged to death for runways and for like collaboration with the queens on the in and so like it's it's I need a new batch of songs that can then be further kind of cannibalized within the franchise itself. And you are right though, like as well, I think that the RuPaul, I think where RuPaul at one stage was ahead of culture, is now very much playing catch up, but is playing catch up to the people that have been on the show and given platform buy in. So it's just weird kind of like it's just weird kind of like sampling the credibility given to him by the people that he's after giving the platform to and then using that to produce music that sounds like kind of you know people from within that world that he doesn't have any sort of connection to it's it's a bizarre when you think about it it's such a bizarre kind of spiral totally. and then to to kind of to be within that spiral and then write a song like blame it on the edit which is just completely like crazily like attacking the people that have been on on the show i that was <laughs> yeah. that was a question i had for you guys when when you were listening to blame it on the edit what is there like a particular like thing that happened that this is about because it's very like direct yeah <laughs> yeah mm. <laughs> yeah this was something i wanted to discuss as well because mm. i mean i i don't have a rue down as one of our great lyric writers of all time <laughs> but this is one that i actually listened to what he was saying on it and I mean, the example I could think I I think of when I heard this song, and maybe James, you'd have a different one. Is Roxy Andrews got a particularly bad edit one season and complained about the edit, and they all said, "Well, you said what you said," and she said, "Yeah, I said what I said, but you edited it together in a way to make me look horrible when I said lots of nice things that you could have used as well." And I think this song is incredibly. Uh, unresponse like or not taking any ownership on the power he has at the head of this reality tv show that like we, we we are more canny now to reality tv show and how you can stitch things together there's incredible power in the producers and how they're going to portray somebody so to just write a song which is like get over yourself uh, you know you should be thanking me for this opportunity and the only person you have to blame is yourself is like 
blind to the problem and also incredibly disrespectful. Yeah, like it, I, I imagine there's going to be people listening to this who haven't heard the song, kind of have no intention of going and listening to the song. So just mm. for context, some of the lyrics are, you already know who I am. You know what the fuck I do. So why are they all in my house? They lie in on my production crew. Baby, nice to know if they throw you a bone. You're the type coming back with an attitude. I ain't your enemy. Keep that same energy. And it kind of goes on and on like that. I'm I'm not the one trying to trying to sabotage you. And I'm like, mm, like I I I had those same feelings of like you are the one with all of the power. Like you cannot come into a conversation about drag race or even wider drag culture and pretend that you are not incredibly powerful and influential and take some responsibility for that like and even using the whole kind of like mama rue thing like the mama thing in drag is like a protective thing like you are supposed to be looking after the people who Mm. are entrusted to you so nurturing yeah and just you know being empathetic and and kind to people who need it and then to just kind of come out and be like i'm not trying to i'm not the one trying to sabotage you why are you being so cranky and all this i'm like okay and it's a it's kind of like you could kind of forgive one diss song but this is kind of going through the whole album is just like constantly like never forget who I am never forget that I'm the one that made you and I'm the one that made this world and stuff and I'm like okay like it is it's very much it to, to quote a RuPaul beloved quote I own 51% of this company like it is very much that kind of vibe of reminding you who I am reminding you how important I am and I think it's like I actually think it, there's a couple of things that are in bad taste first is that blaming on the edit song and I think the song Smile which doesn't recognize the privileged position that RuPaul finds himself in as someone who is incredibly wealthy incredibly successful and building that success off the back of so many people I then also think to like pick a uh, to pick a genre of music which has been so sort of from within within which the trans community have been so important in the trans world, particularly like Kim Petras and Sophie, who I mentioned earlier, to to use their style of music when you have been actively excluding them and sort of been, you know, operating in a way of being frustrated at people pointing out the fact that you need to be more inclusive and you need to be including trans people in your conversation. It just feels very... It also, it also feels sort of like very corporate. Like it feels, because when I was listening to, through it, the, the feeling I had as I was listening to it was almost like kind of the music you would hear played in a scene at a gay bar in like a BBC Three or Channel Four kind of, you know, thing. And then I was like, as I, and I was sort of a bit of me was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. But then I was like, no, but that's because it, it sounds false. It sounds inauthentic. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's like, it's like if, um, if Euphoria was made by like Channel Four or something, and they're tr- and they're trying to, get to th- yes. they're, they're like, oh, oh like okay, we're we're gonna be TV in a gay trend. bar, get oh, TV three, <laughs> yeah, Channel Four. Actually, that's yes. that's unkind on Channel Four who did <laughs> it's a sin, which is yeah. very good. But um, yeah, TV three yeah. definitely. Where it's like, okay, we need a gay song. We need like a really big like, a, but like a fast gay song, and it's like this is the song. Yeah, there's two there's two tracks on it like that do the the hyper pop thing in a really kind of like particularly like a kind of a charlie xcx thing so smile is one of them which i think did not work at all but fascination i did quite like i think i think it could be a charlie xcx track if it was better like it's it's kind of like a a charlie track that didn't make the album but i I quite liked the kind of like trance elements like they were kind of so corny that they worked like they kind of reminded me of like 
hearing like Sammy DJ and Scooter at a carnival when I was 12. Like I was just instantly brought back to like this memory I had suppressed and I was like, don't mind it actually. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's funny because I, I preferred Smile. I really? thought Smile worked slightly better because it had that, you know, like a uh, hundred gex or a thousand gex, that, that group that's really like high pitched squeakiness. Mm. It gave me more of that, which is, which they were actually my first entry into hyperpop, I think. Okay. So that was kind of familiar for me. So I think that did work. And I I actually have an issue with him doing hyperpop because he's not, believe it, he's trying not to claim that he's creating it. He's really just trying to copy what's in vogue. And I think it makes sense for him to do hyperpop. I think those two songs work a lot better than the back four, which to mm. me sound like clanky, percussion-heavy major laser knockoff songs <laughs> that I just think sounded really really dated I was like this actually makes sense I can see how someone in a boardroom was like you know the people who like drag race like hyperpop would you give it a spin mm. and he'd be like yeah yeah I could see that conversation going down just being like what are the kids listening to now and it's like it's it's this it's hyperpop it's like did you know do you know what album did really well that Lady Gaga one so like yeah. you know <laughs> I, I, I don't like we were saying, I, I don't think RuPaul is out here trying to like change the face of music, thankfully. Um, nor are they trying to like, I, I feel like there's not really much being put forward in this that kind of speaks about or to queerness in a way that isn't entirely surface level. And I think that that is my problem with it. It's, it's not... Um, I don't think the lyrics are particularly intelligent. That's not to say I, there aren't like very good rhymes on it. Like RuPaul the Rapper was kind of a new idea for me. Okay. I was like, okay. He, he's been doing that for a while. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not to say that there's not like good delivery on it. Um, but I just think that like if you are going to make a record where you're like trying to kind of claim like queenship or kingship or whatever it is like ownership over this world then a like you were saying James like stealing from artists who you were who who you're kind of like excluding from like drag race I've, I've read a little bit about that and it all seems really shady I was also reading a lot about fracking today it's, it's all new to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> where was his song defending the, the fracking that's you know that's what you should be talking about we needed How like the, the, the country ballad saying it's okay to yeah. frack <laughs> <laughs> in like joanne style gaga like. <laughs> but yeah no like it's it's that sort of thing where i'm like i don't know what this is progressing if anything um and is it is it doing a bit of a disservice to a queer community, a queer musical community that has kind of moved beyond a lot of beyond a lot of the kind of more typical stuff that he's singing about here? Like, I don't know. I did. I didn't feel like there was much in terms of like moving beyond what is like you know hyper femininity or something. I didn't feel at anything to do with like non-binary gender expressions within drag culture or within queer culture or anything it all seemed to be very much wrapped up in that very kind of sanitized like he hetero friendly 
drag Very world. capitalist queer yeah. kind of point of view. Yeah, kind of yeah. I saw queer. I saw somebody, I think it might have been in that NPR uh, review saying that it it's like it, it reminded them of um a, a company putting you know a pride flag on their logo or whatever and i was like yeah i do feel that a bit um because rue is such an int- like can be such an interesting character when he was on his, doing his podcast or even in the workroom sometimes he'll tell a story from the olden days or even like he's i always say the secondary um sort of genre for drag race is sort of um, uh, psychological improvement like he's very into therapy he, a lot of his language are very sort of therapy based and it's all about inner saboteurs and improving yourself and so he does have something to say he just doesn't choose to say anything and like, you know and <laughs> just you not on this record like well yeah exactly which is a shame you know? isn't it here's a little, little summary of sort of each of the tracks and w- what i thought of each. just know what you think so i would have said the back four who is she pretty pretty gang gang particularly that one was very irritating uh, mother of the house queendom i found them all quite like um difficult to listen to i didn't think they were successful i kind of felt they were dating back to maybe a sound that was eight nine years old blame it on the edit i actually thought worked i liked the instrumental quite well i just didn't like what he was saying the two hyperpop songs we've discussed and then the first two they were the two that i felt were the most successful the one i probably would listen to again is catwalk with the sort of r&b infused tropical house that was the most compelling i i completely agree back four i think we can just kind of leave uh, on on the floor i think that they were probably the last ones to be worked on um, and they were and they were added on to kind of make up the album i think i think you're dead you're dead right about a sound that is eight or nine years old i liked the songs on this that sounded like almost retro you know i'm just getting up Mm. the uh the track list here i loved just what they want um i yeah that's it's the first song in the record and when i listened to it i was like oh my god yeah okay this is it i'm I'm in like this is very cool kind of retros 90s kind of sound just really really straightforward pop that really spoke to me and it was was a kind of a style of pop that I think is in keeping with the current kind of like resurgence of like Y2K culture in, in, in I, I hate saying it, but like Y2K culture on TikTok and all, all of that stuff. I think that if this album kind of stuck with that as a framework and as a, as well with, uh, with, with fascination, I think did that well if we stuck with that as a kind of a timeline or, or, or a genre or a period, I think it would have worked really well and would have capitalized on this new idea. The hyper pop stuff, I think, was a bad decision, even though it, it, it didn't not work. It just felt like it didn't have as much like panache or something. It, it didn't there wasn't as much confidence in that as there was in the kind of more like retro old school kind of pop sounds which is a world that obviously Rue is going to be more familiar with like because like they are 61 now and you cannot be expected to keep up with all the trends and not only keep up with them but like also release music and within that as well so yeah I like I think overall I was I was surprised that I came out of it with a couple of songs that I will add to a playlist like I, 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 I will add the first song to a playlist I'm glad I listened to it, but I'm also kind of, I'm 
I'm really more interested now in like why <laughs> and I don't know like why an album why not just a couple of songs that that because I I, I know that the songs are used on like on the show on the catwalk mm. but I can't imagine all of them are going to be no no I think catwalk will be done every week but because yeah. that, in the ball there was three different runway categories mm. they needed to change it up so I think that's why just what they want was chosen yeah and some other some other song yeah yeah so I'm just like why not just like an EP or whatever but Rue really does seem like he wants to be prolific in like every single part of his life so 14 albums why not I guess (laughs) I genuinely feel he's just the sort of person who because based on like the music that's chosen you know he does come across as an incredible like pop connoisseur and he's up to date and he's listened to Jesse Ware and the latest Kylie Minogue album and knows all the Girls Aloud songs so I just I genuinely got the impression from you know from his output that it's like he is listening to music and it's like god I want to make a song like that and he just calls up his friends and he does it and then he's like right we've got nine let's just stick it out and see how much money we can get yeah yeah that makes sense to me and actually I I have respect for that. I like that. I, yeah, I, I, I do think more people should do music like as a hobby. And as well, I mean, music is such a like is such an instrumental part of of drag. And so much of what we think uh, we, we as in pe- people like me who aren't kind of in, in, involved in drag. um, So much of what we would think of when it comes to music and drag would be obviously like lip syncing. So it, I think it is important and good to have a very prominent drag artist like releasing original music and I would love to see more of that I just don't know if like I I don't understand why there isn't more of that um and I don't know if RuPaul like remains the person who should be doing this I I guess um I would like I I would just like to see a bit more of that kind of coming through but also I, I, I don't know what, what, what the industry is like. I, I, I probably will. I, I have added Catwalk to my library mm-hmm. and I might, I might over time add just what they want because that, the, that was teetering for me. I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I won't go back to it. Yeah. What would you give, like if you were giving it a stars rating, what would you give oh, it? Oh, so I was, <laughs> I, had, I had to listen to it. So I, I was reading a lot around Rue, right? And then, I was like, okay, and I, I like went went out for a walk with it, and I was like, right, put your headphones in and listen to this as if this is an up and coming, brand new artist. You don't know anything yeah. about them, new artist, and I was like, two stars, just because like you know, good effort, um, but derivative and not really contributing a whole lot, um, to the conversation around what it is like trying to do do you know what I mean like I feel I feel like production wise music wise there isn't anything here that we haven't heard from like Gaga or Sophie or Charlie and then like lyrics wise there isn't anything here that you can't you know go into Urban Outfitters and buy on a mug you know so just feel like there's not there's not a whole lot of newness here or there's not a lot that made me think on this record and that's something that I I do look for um in in and like especially in pop music I think pop music has the has um the ability and especially these days to be incredibly clever and thought-provoking and this just this wasn't it no yeah no, what about I, you I, I would 
I would say the same, and James said four out of ten. So yeah, that's two stars too. I, yeah, I would even maybe four say out of, one and four a half. Out of five. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I might even say one and a half yeah. stars. I mean, it's it's like the things that are interesting about it is is more like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, but it's like when an, a well-established artist, like let's take Madonna and her Madam X. It's like here's Madonna trying on Portuguese fado, mm. and it's like, oh, this is interesting to see her world through this lens mm. like that's the only thing that's interesting out of this because like Catwalk is basically a Kygo song yeah. so it's like this is RuPaul doing Kygo this is RuPaul doing Sophie that's the only appeal yeah. RuPaul isn't adding anything new to any of these genres so no yeah, no a, like if I, I could hear some of them being played in a club or whatever and if it was I'd be like I would obviously be the only person in there who knew the song <laughs> so I'd do my big performance but like I don't know like I I can't imagine anyone like bopping along and being like "Ooh, what's this what's this cool new beat it's like mm. it's yeah. just sort of wallpaper <laughs> so. at this stage because <laughs> that's how people talk in clubs and that's how long it's been since I've been in the okay. club <laughs> yeah, what's no. this new beat hey what's this cool new beat <laughs> <laughs> I'm a million years old I swear to god <laughs> So I mean, in the in the I guess in the pop sphere, like, do you think there will ever be a drag queen at the level of Dua Lipa? Oh, I hope so. I really hope so because, like, I'm I'm sort of tired at this stage of pop stars like bringing out drag artists or like drag artists like appearing in pop stars' um, music videos and stuff, and like. I just it it just all feels really cynical to me like I don't know have having a uh, having a queen in your in your music video has this kind of like like ooh how new or you know it it just strikes me as that sort of like corporate queerness thing this wouldn't be done unless drag race was popular you know what I mean and I I don't like the idea of queens being used as props in in music videos and being brought out on stages and it it just it makes me feel weird uh, like and I don't like seeing people who who offer so much artistry and so much kind of musical pro- prowess and know how just being like at the side of the stage like I'm I'm ready for I'm I'm ready to hear what these artists have to say not just what they look like and how and how they dance to other people's music i love a lip sync but i'd I'd also love some songs i really would so yeah and you have someone like pablo vitar who's probably like a duolipa in brazil Mm -hmm. but just hasn't broken through in the english language world yet which is so i guess they're they're the ones we can pin our hopes to for the moment but yeah i'd love to see more yeah more rise up Uh, thank you so much for taking time to, to delve into Mama Roo. Thank you for uh, having me and not laughing at my questions no, about Drag Race. No, I'll be, uh, December 2022, I'll be glued to see where this ends up on your year-end list. <laughs> you know, Mama Roo. We'll see. <laughs> um, <clears throat> do you want to tell people uh, where they can find you, where you're talking about other uh, musical yeah, outlets? I have a, uh, I have a podcast, uh, My Favourite Album with Andrea Cleary. Um, where I just get people on to tell me about their favorite album. It's exactly that. Uh, season one is out, and season two is cooking at the minute. Um, and you can catch me writing in the Irish Times and the Business Post and a few other places. And you can follow. Don't follow me on Twitter because I'm trying not to be there. You can follow me on Instagram at Andrea Cleary two underscores. I think that's it. 
Oh, and the Nile and Nine podcast. I, I host that as well. All right. Thank you to Andrea Cleary for coming on. Have you listened to Mamaru? Let us know your thoughts. Sisterpodagemo.com. Hit us up. Maybe you'd give it five stars and that's okay if you do, but tell me why. I'm intrigued. Uh, uh, this will be the last workroom for a while because we're doing two episodes of the show in the premium feed. We're going to do work, uh, UK versus the world in as the workroom. But because it's on TV, it's on BBC3, we were like, nah, come on, we should do it in the main feed. So we'll be doing two episodes a week. We figured, A, we might not have time to do the workroom and B, you probably wouldn't want to listen to us any more than twice a week. Like that is a lot. <laughs> we said we weren't going to do the workroom while that's on. But let us know, uh, interact with us. Let us know what you want from the workroom when we're back. There might not be another franchise that's uh, uh, announced yet. So we'll be covering maybe an old franchise or maybe there's some like drag related movies or TV shows or something that you want us to cover. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in your main feed next Monday. I'll see you then. Bye. Just sending you my final thoughts because obviously I'm after getting kicked out by the, the West Coast weather. Um, yeah, I agree with all of the, the, the kind of giving out about how it just felt so inauthentic um, and how it wasn't exactly uh, the most credible thing. But the only song on it that I actually liked and would think I would enjoy would be the Catwalk Reprise. That's the only one. 